Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of The Mix-Up. Hello. I'm Nicole. My name is Earl. And we're the Poisers. And for episode number two, we wanted to get into sports, specifically football. So as always, we like to break down the mix-up between us. So before we get into talking about the Super Bowl and the NFL and some opinions and issues we have, we're going to break down what exactly the mix-up is for our football fandom. Um, Admittedly, I am not as into football as I am other sports. However, I do watch it. Um, I am a Jets fan, a New York Jets fan. I am a New York Giants fan. So while many would think that that could potentially be an issue, I don't really think that it is for us. It's not like our Mets-Yankees rivalry. It's really, it doesn't have the same oomph to it. I mean, because normally speaking, um, during a regular season, we don't typically meet up anyway. True. It hasn't had a chance to really develop what you would deem a classic rivalry, um, being that the Jets are in the AFC East and the Giants are in the NFC East. Um, so the only time that we really get to meet up is preseason. Yeah. And there's no really uh, big stakes that are associated with that. So yeah. it's not really. Not really much of anything. Not much of anything. So, um, but there are times where, um, you know. I mean, we just like to give each other. Yeah. grief about it but both the teams are not that great so it kind of doesn't hold the same weight <laughs> and there are there are connections um between both teams because um, there are many times where former jets players yes. end up being giants players or mm-hmm. giants players end up being jets players. and they play in the same stadium right there's a lot of stuff i will say for me my dad is a Jets fan. I don't really know the history on why he's a Jets fan. I just know he's a Jets fan, and that's why I'm a Jets fan. Um, maybe part of it is that they played in Queens uh, at Chase Stadium for a while. I don't know, but my history with that is brief, and I've never seen them succeed. Well, the, okay, they have succeeded. However, Super Bowl victories are not in my lifetime. How about you? How are you? Why are you a Giants fan? Because um, your dad isn't really into no, nah, he's not into Amer- American football, right? Um, I guess kind of just I had to kind of latch on to a team, so I guess that was the team that I would see normally playing, um, during the telecasts of like Sunday night. I mean Sunday football, um. You know, I remember back in the day, I think it was Channel 2 CBS that would normally play Giants games. And um, I would always listen to uh, Pat, what was his name? Uh, Pat, Pat Summerall. Summerall and John Madden. Mm. And they were the ones that were, uh, you know, on these games and just their camaraderie um, and John Madden's like bombastic way of like. <laughs> calling the game kind of like drew me in and then it just uh on top of that you know them being associated with the new york giants and the telecasts and then 
after seeing those teams play, like, you know, getting really in love with watching Lawrence Taylor, in my view, is the best defensive player of all time um, in NFL history, and Phil Simms and Joe Morris running back, and, um, you, you know, just all of these, you know, Leonard Marshall and Carl, just like all of these, like, really great players coming together as a team really out of the blue, no pun intended, mm-hmm. but just kind of like where they came from and then they all came together as a team to win um, Super Bowl against the Broncos and eventually also like a few years later against the Bills, which was, I think, like the best Super Bowl uh, game ever. It was definitely the closest. I think the score was like 20 to 19, something to that effect. And um, just like seeing how they all came together when a lot of people didn't think that they would pull off what they pulled off um, really drew me to them, um, even to this day. And, um, you know, I think I will forever be a Giants fan, regardless of the position that they've been in for the last few years. Um, I th- but but, I, and I know. think the one thing that, Jets and Giants fans can agree on is a general dislike of the Cowboys mm. and the Patriots, right? Mm. Like, I think the only people who root for those teams are either from Dallas or from New England. I don't, I think universally, most no, NFL there fans are dislike some them. Dallas no, there fans are. I just don't want to admit that. Are not Because it just Dallas. hurts. I it just hurts my soul. It's from Dallas. That's not from Dallas. That are Dallas Cowboys fans, so, um, yeah, it's. But either way, we we agree to dislike those teams, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we're united on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, which then leads into our discussion for today about the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. which was a week ago, um, and the NFL, and. <laughs> And just what they consistently do or don't do in the realm of social justice and advocacy for their black players. And so, yeah. um, And lack of hiring. And lack of hiring and diversity. Black coaches and people in power. Considering as much as I didn't want the Bucks to win because Tom Brady, boo. Um, I was happy to see a team be successful with a diverse coaching staff, black, Mm -hmm. female, also, um, coaches, and that's pretty significant. Um, and we, I would be remiss if we didn't mention that there was a female ref. Black female coaches? I, Black comma oh, oh, female. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, there you know yeah, we can't. I know we're speaking and I'm not writing. I know. Um, but Sarah Thomas on the officiating side, being the first female referee in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. which was awesome too. And there's still a long way to go with all of that, but I'm seeing that is a positive obviously there's other issues when it comes to actual head coaches and the diversity in head coaching and front office quite frankly right because there there isn't a lot of that anywhere Mm. um and you and i have talked about the rooney rule and 
the pros, cons, whatever about that rule? It's problematic for me. Um, just because I don't feel... I mean, my, 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 my thing is, if you need an incentive to hire a black coach who I think, for all intents and purposes, is qualified in the first place, but just needs an opportunity to show their qualifications, um, I think that's, that's, that's a problem. Because yes. there should be no reason for you to wag a carrot stick in front of someone to say, okay, th- here you go. If you do A, then B will happen. You'll get these picks or, you know, you'll get, you know, the, this money or what have you. I'm just, you know, pulling that and out guess, of my ass. But guess, at the like, same time, like, that should not be a motivation for you to right. hire the, a qualified person. Well, and the flip side of that, right, like the reason why it exists is because those people weren't actually getting any of those interviews and they should have been. So... I think now we're in 2021, we, we should be at a point, and I note I said should, be at a point where this isn't, this doesn't need to be a thing. You know, I, I mean, we had a post-game press conference after the Super Bowl where a reporter confused Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles. Mm-hmm. Different, two black coaches who look very different from each other. Yep. And who coach different <laughs> things. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, that was a microcosm, basically, kind of encapsulated what the problem is. Like, you know, it's just like. <sighs> you don't even take time out to distinguish one man from another who are on two different spectrums of the coaching staff. Um, not, and not to mention the fact that I believe it was the first question of the, first, the actual... Very first question, yes. So, like, he was introduced. Byron uh-huh. Lovett was introduced. Yes. And he still he got still, it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, this goes to show you know, either incompetence or negligence on the part of the reporter. Um, and, you know, th- that right there is, a, is, is like I said, it's a definite encapsulation of, like, what the problem is. The fact that for you or for the, 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 the public at large, those people in power, what have you, um, or, or, or of influence um, that reach the masses, that basically, like, it's saying that we can just all put them in one block and they're not individuals. Um, and I think that that is a larger societal problem that for many black people, they feel like they have to perform for the rest of the race. They have to show that they're really, really good so that it opens a doorway for the rest of their people and not give an excuse for the powers that be to close the doors to their people. So they don't just represent themselves, but they also have to represent, uh, you know, everybody else that's that looks like them or, or what have you. And I don't yeah. think that's fair 
and it's not right, but it's something that has been going on for years and years and years and finds its way, you know, in this industry that is the NFL as well. Like no business uh, is immune from that train of thought. And it goes to show the inherent um, implicit bias that kind of plagues uh, our society and in different industries and people are in denial of that but right there that example that we just laid out is just kind of goes to show that it is a prevailing thought and you know I kind of want to bring it back um, because um, the Washington football club which is what we're calling it now um, hired Jason Wright as their team president which was a significant hire because um, there hasn't been anyone at that level, a person of color at that level. And one of the things that kind of struck me in his interviews after he was hired was folks were kept constantly asking him how he felt being, you know, does he feel like his qualifications were, you know, essentially just like asking him like, are you qualified to do this job? Like, do you feel comfortable with this or that, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that stuck with me is how he had said, do you, you don't ask this of every person that gets hired to these positions. You don't ask the white executive those same questions. So we need to stop asking these questions, period. Mm -hmm. Because, because that's, what's going to normalize people of color in these positions, women in these positions, right? Because Kim Ang in, in the baseball world, the first female general manager who has qualifications that if she were a man would have been hired a really long time ago in that position, um, is asked similar questions. How do you feel about being the first? And, and all of these things. And I think at, at a certain point, it's exhausting when you are that person to have to constantly field those questions. And I agree with that point of, how about we just stop asking those questions? Because if you're not going to ask them of everyone and you're not going to ask them specifically of white people, then why are you going to ask them of me? Mm-hmm. And that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, that's true equality and equity. Like, we ask for both. Um, that one standard is health for someone else or a group of people, and it's not health for other group of people their counterparts um and you know it's just i feel like the nfl kind of finds itself in a in a quagmire Mm -hmm. because it's like and it's it's something of their own doing um because they have the power to do what they want to do like they had the power to blackball colin kaepernick yeah. So if you had the power to take such extreme measures um, to make sure that he was locked out or not allowed to uh, work on his craft uh, or succeed at what he's been proven or has proved that he can do for years and years with the San Francisco 49ers um, or any other team for that matter like if you had that much power then you have as much power if not more to take it upon yourself to put 
certain people of color in positions of power and influence. Um, but for me, it's just a very Hollow. crafty marketing screen. <laughs> yeah. Mar- marketing scheme. Um, and it's a lot of just about public relations and about looking good and seeing the right words at the right moments in order to kick the can down the road because yeah. when it comes to substance there's nothing that I can really point to um, well, and you bring up Cap which mm-hmm. was on our list of things to talk about um, and the NFL ran an ad during the Super Bowl about unity mm-hmm. Well, what was missing in that commercial was Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. And agree, disagree with his stance, his belief, whatever, his kneeling. I think more people have come to the side of understanding it now, which, I mean, it took you a while, but whatever. Like, I guess I, guess I can accept people changing their mind on that and... and being accepting of why he was doing that in the first place and realizing it's not actually disrespectful, but that's a whole other story. Um, But the NFL is putting out there this whole idea of unity and together we can defeat racism and we're awesome. But like they have yet to truly bring Cap into that fold. And I know there was the, the lawsuit that was settled and I, you know, I know there was all of that behind the scenes stuff, but you have this guy who you as a league essentially blackballed from ever working again. I like to call it white ball, but continue. <laughs> okay. That's the new term, everyone. Um, but and and you're still excluding him from all of these things that you supposedly want to do and maybe part of that settlement was that he just doesn't work with them on any like i don't i mean i don't know i'm not i'm not i'm not a lawyer i'm not involved in any of that but you know i, I it's glaring and people have noticed that and i, I saw that ad and i actually laughed cuz i'm like what are they even what are they talking about it rings hollow for me. Like, it rang hollow for me. Like, the whole campaign rings hollow when I see um, things like end racism at the outside of the, the end, end zones. zones. Yeah. You know, and it, it and it's just fitting. How fitting is it that you have a statement like that, end racism on the margins of the end zone? Um, so, what that says is that's not scoring points. Which, let's um, be real, is that going to be anyone? there in 2022, like not. the next season? And no. And you got on the decals, like little signs on the back of the decals, helmet decals that say, like, and racism or say her name or Breonna Taylor, you know, or whatever they think will hit with the public. Um, and, um, or it takes all of us. What takes all of yeah. us? It's just so <laughs> vague and just murky at best because you know if i'm just an alien coming from out of space and i'm trying to understand what certain words mean and phrases mean like that right there would not really open any new doors or windows for me or insight or anything like that because i'd be like what is this what are you trying to say what are you trying to convey um i'm totally at a loss and it just feels like 
you know, they're just trying to do the bare minimum to say, hey, mm-hmm. guys, hey, look at what we did. Mm-hmm. Can we get a pat on our back? And, and that's the thing that I've said that. over and over, and this doesn't just apply to sports. This is across the board, businesses and, and, and everything else and the like, is it's easy to say we're going to do something and throw some money at an organization. And it's another to actually come up with long-term plans that actually work towards equality, right? So, and there's there's a variety of different things out there. The 15% pledge for um, retail, um, that's the one I can think of off the top of my head, but that are asking for like a bare minimum, right? Something like that. The 15% pledge is asking for retail operations to give at least 15% of their inventory to black uh, artists, um, you know, whatever industry they're in, beauty, um, fashion, etc. And so those sorts of things. And I've seen some brands say, here's our five-year plan, 10-year plan. By this year, we want to do this, this, and this. And those things hold a bit more weight in my mind than just putting a stamp on something and putting together a commercial to say you're you're, you want to unify people and end racism when you're guilty of these very things that you're railing against. Um, I want to see what you're going to continue to do if you're actually going to continue to, to do something. And hiring Jay-Z is not fixing the problem either. No, no it's, it's, a, it's like a, you know, gold shiny object basically to distract you um and it doesn't address any real substantial pithy things that you can sink your 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 teeth into (coughs) excuse me and you know it, it, it the the real issue though that i really have one of the issues that I really have with the NFL is this whole thing like, okay, we don't have any coaches um, or enough coaches um, that you can really point to. It's like, oh, wow, we're really making progress, really doing something about this. But, like, if we even go down, like, a tear down, right, like, mostly the black coaches that are in the NFL or on the defensive side, they don't really have a lot of offensive coaches or quarterback coaches, um, like the positions that we see or or what they term traditionally like the intelligence uh, positions. Well, that's like the whole black quarterback. Right, exactly. And things that affect the game that would be um, like categorized as saying like you need to write be really uh, intellectual or introspective or being able to read the defense um, and really get into that real, you know, intellectual smart side of, of football and quarterbacks has always been associated with that and, and you know, that kind of thing. So it's you know like... That stuff came up with Braylon, Donovan McNabb, right? Wasn't there a whole... I don't remember who had said it, but didn't someone say, like, he's not smart enough to be yeah, quarterback? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something like that. Um, you know, so it, it just extends to the coaching side of it, too. Like, are these black coaches worthy of even being 
the ones to be the senseis or the gurus for these quarterbacks to put them in position to succeed. And what's so shameful about it too is that now we're seeing like a a, a resurgence or like an influx of more black quarterbacks. So it's like you would hope that someone that looks like that quarterback or can relate to that quarterback, which are undeniably changing the game right now and making it more dynamic and more exciting um, and different because now you have all these mobile quarterbacks who don't just aren't expected just to stay in the pocket, um, but are extending plays and things of that nature and through RPOs and all that. Like you would hope to have a coach that could, that they could look at and be like, oh, wow, there's somebody like me in the league that's um, trying to teach me or make me better at my position. Well, and that... So they don't they need to take that into account, too, because I think that also makes the team as a whole better. And, well, and it's it's not just the coaches, right? It's the front office as well, quite, quite frankly, well, yeah, right? Too, like, course, it, yeah. if, if you want to engage in these conversations... And you want to connect with your players who are predominantly black. This isn't this isn't shocking to anyone. This isn't like a bomb dropping here. But if you want to to have all those things, it's not just coaches, right? You need that representation in the front office as well, because all of that translates and trickles down. And this isn't just the NFL, an NFL issue. This is other sports have this same issue where there's a lack of diversity in a front office and on the field and I think a lot of times people focus on the on field because it's just what we see every day and not so much on the inside and the front office part of it which in my mind is equally as as important because all of those conversations have to be from top to bottom right and so you need that representation at every single level. Black representation, female representation, all of that needs to play a part if you want to truly be part of making things better and having change. And like with the NBA, now I confess I'm not really a basketball fan per se. I, I, I watch it because you watch it, but... Um, in talking about Becky Hammond, yeah. right? When she was hired, it was like, well, I'm just hiring the best person for the job. Mm-hmm. And that's what the conversation needs to be. Going back to my original point mm-hmm. before was stop asking these questions and just say, "This I hired her because she knows what she's talking about. I hired him because he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. It all comes full circle. It always comes back full circle. And, you know, I, I think we just need more of that. And we need to hire front office and field staff that looks like the rest of the freaking country. Right. And it looks like the, fa- I mean, for, for some, right? Like what a fan base might look like. Right. And, you know, um, but the, 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 the problem that, the NFL has with uh, there's one example I can think of where the the NFL is kind of dropping the ball on fumble yes they're definitely (laughs) fumbling 
Um, That's all I got for today for jokes. Thank you. And <laughs> the reason that they're the, the biggest example of them fumbling is the Jacksonville Jaguars coach Urban Meyer, who oh, recently, yeah, oh gosh, um, yeah, hired. I think yes. his name is Chris Doyle. Yes. I forget what. Uh, He's like a um, um, sports performance. I forgot what. Uh, oh wait. Chris Doyle came from, but anyway, um, there was a lot of backlash for him hiring this gentleman, um, because of um, the reason that he was out of a job in the first place. Well, I'm looking um, at this, and he resigned. So that's. Oh, Crystal resigned. But anyway, but, I mean, he should have never been hired if, in the even first if he place. He did resign. <laughs> the fact that he was hired by Urban Myers in the first place, yeah, is underlying my point. Is underscoring my point in the fact that it's the good old boys network, right? And that I'm gonna look out for my guys, even if they have some controversial background. Um, yep, and. If that controversy controversy definitely involves black players who feel like one this is guy's... on your own team, right? One of so, them w- was on that team in Iowa and is now on your NFL team, right. and you're failing to take and that. And this into guy account. was accused of a lot of racist, um, yes, uh, bullying, bullying, racism, misogyny. Like there is everything a, a, under the sun. Check the boxes. Towards this guy did it. You know people of color on his team i forget what where the crystal came from i forgot what iowa, iowa. Mm-hmm. um and yeah he was accused of doing all of these things and you know they investigated investigated got fired yes so you know these weren't just made up accusations um very uh credible accusations um but it is the good old boy network but this is the good old it's boy network you know, and, and it's it, who and, you know and it's it's for urban meyer when when this hire happened for urban meyer to be like well i've known him for 20 years i'm like well that's yeah, cool that good for nothing. you like he still <laughs> can be a racist yeah. even if you've known him for 20 years like that you doesn't know, change anything sure there's many people out there who you but know, if i'm one of charles these players for many years, yeah like, would you hire yeah. charles manson like but it doesn't that if, if i'm one of these players nothing. though i'm I'm saying, wait a minute. Whose interests do you have in mind? That's the point. The fact is that they don't have the interests exactly. in mind. They don't care. And his statement, by the way, um, about the resignation was, I've known Chris for close to 20 years, reflects the good old boy network that is precisely the reason, hold on to your hats, there is such a disparity in employment opportunities for black coaches. Which, like, you're so what like wait yeah so he's admitting the fact that he's known chris for close to 20 years reflects the good old boy network that is precisely so he's part of the good old boys network he just perpetrated the good old boys network right thing while trying to acknowledge that that's the reason why black coaches don't get hired okay now that makes sense That makes sense. <laughs> That's yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. is unbelievable. Right? That is unbelievable. It's but something. yeah, this is the issue at hand. Um, laid out plain. This is th- 
But the only reason that he let him go was because of, of the, the backlash. backlash. It wasn't because any noble right. him being like, "Oh wait, you know, I have moral standards, enlight- right?" Enlightened <laughs> yeah. epiphany that he yes. was like, "Man, why it was did I just do that? oh, people are pissed. We gotta fix this." That's what it is, and and so it's not genuine. No. I, it's disingenuous, and yes. it's not real. So it's just basically you're just putting plaster over a hole and in some paint, but the hole is still there. And mm-hmm. you know, this just does not satisfy what needs to be done as far as like the culture of right. the NFL in particular, because it just doesn't change anything and we talked about this when the texans interviewed josh mccown for the head coaching job Mm -hmm. and it's like no disrespect to him i'm sure he's a nice person and whatever but when we're talking about the lack of diversity in these positions and you go ahead and you interview someone fresh out of playing above all these other qualified folks it just keeps sending a really bad message Mm -hmm. and unfortunately you know josh mccown kind of got i guess shit on for it even though that's not really his like if someone's gonna offer me the interview like i'm gonna take it of course but um it's not his fault that the system is broken necessarily Mm -hmm. but these are the thing and that's why there's a Rooney rule but clearly the Rooney rule doesn't actually work yeah it's the what's the like to bring it back home you have and you have to uh, interview a black coach but (laughs) does that go far enough because now people will say oh look I interviewed a black coach which is what they're doing you know which is really what they're doing you know so it's um it, 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 it doesn't really go far enough. Um, yeah, you have to interview at least one or more diverse right. candidates. What does that mean? That, that, that's nothing. And, that, the, and it started in like 03. So look, look, where, where <laughs> look where we are. Look where we are. Like, what do we have? And uh, this is specifically head coach vacancy. Right. This isn't across the board right. like any coaching vacancies right. this is in front office vacancies this is just right. head coach mm-hmm. vacancy mm-hmm. just to be clear mm-hmm. for those that may not know yeah that's ridiculous that's just atrocious um it's you know because it's just it's bad enough that we had this whole colin kaepernick uh, <laughs> controversy which shouldn't have been a controversy anyway yeah. especially now you know we can see where our country is um yep. other ways that like yep. would make the black balling of him very the white balling white I thought balling. it was ah, yeah yes, white balling yes correct you, you there mm-hmm. um very uh hypocritical because what you choose to have so much fervor and uh passion for mm-hmm is 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 just very telling and what you uh you look at other things and you say well that's not a big deal uh we can look over that mm-hmm. uh, like tom brady with a maga hat in yeah, his locker right, during right, an interview right we can look over like that. that that's not a big deal um yeah. why are you guys concentrating on it? why are you guys looking at that mm-hmm. you know 
because oh. because the thing that I've heard the back and forth with the comparisons that came out around the Super Bowl regarding everyone being yay Brady look at him he's a phenomenon he's over 40 look what he's doing versus Kaepernick is like well Brady never like says anything political and I'm like yeah but like when you have that red hat in your locker mm-hmm. and you're giving a post-game interview you just made it political mm-hmm. I, I just you know it is not a secret that that was where his support has mm-hmm. been and we're supposed to just ignore it right and what it really um, gets me about this whole you know, political thing and sports and whatever, whatever. That could, this like, could be a whole other podcast episode. What, what is what is political? What is political about bringing to light what's going on in society? That's not politics. That is just shedding a light and showing that you care for people who nine times out of ten aren't allowed to speak for themselves so you're being a bullhorn for those people so i don't think there's any political in that there's no uh party affiliation with just doing what's right and shedding uh a light that you know many of us um in america have already known for years has been going on but some people choose to turn a blind eye towards it and it's really giving a voice to those who aren't here with us physically anymore due to those issues right it's that's why that's really the the basis for cap starting that for kaepernick starting that is because of that Mm -hmm. it was it was to try to shed light on an issue that he thought was important Mm -hmm. which is important and to honor the 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 people who have been brutalized Mm. who have been murdered Mm. who can't speak out for themselves anymore and you know trying to take some of that burden off of the family from having to be the mouthpiece for this change which we see time and time again and so that's you know at the root of it whether you agree or not with the kneeling Mm -hmm. it's just that, Which is the most respectful thing you I, can do. Well, and kneeling. members of the military had said have said so, and he had conversations with with veterans about it. Like this isn't initially right. I think he was sitting, and then he had conversed, and they said, "Well, kneeling is still you're not disrespecting anything, and it's not about the flag." Like I just, it's just a yeah. whole, it's a whole other thing. I've Which seen I think people is another hot dogs on the national. I anthem. know. I think this is a whole other podcast so episode doing, that we can put in our pocket yeah, because that'll anyway. we'll just um, be talking about it for hours. But but the whole thing with pol- the reason they say politics, it's a smoke and mirror thing. Because what do you do when you don't want to face an issue? You start saying, oh, it's about this. Oh, it's about that. It's really about this. When that person did not even approach anything that you said it's about, no, it is not about that. I said it was about red, and you're saying that I said it was about blue. And you're just muddying the waters because the thing is you're a coward and you don't want to face the issues that are you know been festering right for years and years and right in that front you're of choosing you or to ignore those you'd never really wanted to do the work to understand the other side yes. well i think know, that's really what it is to, people to don't want to do the work the they don't want to do the work we've, and, we've learned that yeah and people are lazy and it's like you know essentially 
it's it's a lazy ignorance it's a get out of jail free card yes get out you know it's just like here you go here's your card you don't have to learn you don't have to know anything whatever just live in your privilege and and you you know you'll be fine there's nothing to see here so you know and it kind of you know and the nfl um is guilty of that and they'll sprinkle a little you know cute sayings here and there some nice words Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. commercials during the super bowl and they'll sweep everything under the rug and they'll just move on and you know act like there's uh you know that we're all good when we're really not all good because you know we, we we can see it for what it is at least the ones that are willing to open their eyes to see it for what it is um yeah and we just gotta you know we just gotta stay vigilant and make sure well we that's don't the key let them is to keep yelling know. about it to keep making noise about it to keep pointing out the hypocrisy of the decisions that are being made and to try to get them to actually change some things mm-hmm. that's that's what it comes down to we, we're probably going to say that time and time again about everything we discuss on here but it really is about voice being that voice mm-hmm. and saying no 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 this isn't right i mean you know urban meyer hiring chris doyle was the, a dumb decision but because people started talking about it he doesn't have a job anymore mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean of course that he won't get a job somewhere else at some point but it's the fact of recognizing that hypocrisy and recognizing how ridiculous it is and holding people to account and that is at the end of the day what all of this is about is holding people to account and saying if you really are about what you say you're about then show me mm-hmm. and that's yeah it's, that. it's about actions it's not just about words you know like and for real this this the guy, like for instance, the guy in Kansas City, uh, the office coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, like he needs a job, like right now, like a head coach job, like that. That right there just is a true example of how ridiculous um, their hiring practices. Because if anybody deserves a job, a head coaching guy, Eric Eric Bieniemy of the Kansas City Chiefs, who has um, taken Mahomes to the next level and their whole offense to the next level, even though they lost the Super Bowl. Um, but still, his 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 influence, and I just see the way he talks and the way he conveys himself during press conferences, very impressive. Um, and I'm just like, I would definitely want a guy like that as my leader. Well, and I don't see why anyone else would not and doesn't see the value that he would bring to another NFL if, team. If anyone out there listens to this and knows him, please just um, <laughs> let him know he's got our support. Let's send this off to the NFL and tell them that. Some, Someone needs to, yes. And on that note, I think that kind of wraps it up for us here on the Super Bowl and the NFL. And their problems. Yeah. Hopefully uh, they get the act together real soon. Yeah. Let's keep holding them to that. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for thank another you. episode of The Mix Up. This the is Nicole. Mix-up. Stop singing. This is Nicole. Hey, anyway, this is Earl. <laughs> and we're the Poisers, and we'll see you next time. Peace.